everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you find encouragement today as you listen. That's a tough act to follow right there, huh? Great job. Great job. Man, oh man, I want to serve after that. I think let's just let's just say amen and go and go to lunch. Good stuff. Good stuff. Wow. Did did the confetti cannon get blown off from up in the balcony? Yeah, I see it. It did. I just My part, I bought the confetti cannons last night. Wow, thank you. That was great. And uh, I, I saw them practicing a little bit on Friday, and they were doing it to a, uh, to a tape, uh, you know, a, a download of some sort. And I kind of doubted they could replicate what the download, you know, because it's the music and their background vocals. But hey, band, outstanding job. Outstanding. <laughs> but the way I'm wired, I kind of woke up early this morning thinking, are they going to be able to do it with such little time? Because you guys didn't practice that a lot. And uh, you wouldn't know because it was spot on and that was fun. And those lyrics, my goodness, I hope we don't get in trouble for doing that. But uh, I like those lyrics a whole lot because um, they speak to our culture here and what God's doing in our midst. And so, cool. Uh, for all you under 35 or 45, you might have to Google Footloose. Um, uh, all right. Now, let's just talk for a few minutes, and then uh, we have something special as we conclude, of course. Not as special as this, but probably in another way it is. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I just want to begin by saying, you know, some say that the secret of greatness is our connections and our influence. If you work on Wall Street or you know somebody that does, <laughs> probably none, none of us here work on Wall Street, but we know what the purpose there is to grow a very large portfolio and to find success in that area. And then we, we're surrounded by pop culture every day through social media, through television, and it's personal fame and it's beauty and it's the whole, the whole popularity game and talent. It's how many Super Bowl rings do you have or NCAA championships or uh, uh, MLB championships if you're a sports person or how many Emmys or Oscars or Golden Globes or uh, how many letters behind your name, which is a great you know, goal if you're in higher education. I always tell Debbie the, the, the greatest letters are before her name, her MRS degree that I gave her. <laughs> you get it? Okay, so, um, uh, and, and you know, maybe, maybe you're into social media and maybe you're starting something and how many Twitter followers. This is popularity. This is how we maybe spell success. But you know what? God's definition of greatness is very, very different from what we encounter every day. What matters to man doesn't always matter the same to God. His ways are are not our ways, the scriptures say. In fact, in God's economy, in his culture, it's not a pop culture, it's a king, is when you learn how to serve. And in the words of Jesus, uh, whoever wants to become great must be a servant of others or a servant of all. That's found in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26. So the Bible, or Jesus specifically, is teaching greatness is directly connected to servitude. They go together, like Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Um, man, you don't even know who that is, do you? Tweedledum and Tweedledee, that's a blast from the past. Jesus says the way 
up is down. If you want to be great, you become a servant of all. And the more you serve, the more you uh, experience greatness by his standard. I, I was at a pastor's prayer gathering this past week, and there's a new church over on Fish Hatchery Road that uh, a church left town. It was a part of a denomination. It's the coolest testimony because uh, there are all these businesses trying to buy the property and offering high dollar uh, to tear it down and build a uh, a, a hotel, I believe, or a, yeah, a hotel complex. It's large enough on that in that location, but the denomination held out, and uh, a new church plant came to town a couple years ago, up from the Chicagoland area, and they're 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 connected to a larger denomination, and uh, they held out and they sold that property and that church building for far less. Um, and I just sharing this, I thought it's such a cool story because we're in that church this week and they've renovated far less than the business community was asking for because it's prime real estate and there's a church that's retained there on Fish Hatchery Road and a city on the hill and it's just a beautiful place. In fact, uh, uh, um, uh, Nets Mobile uh, uh clinic is there uh, once a week and it's just a great outpost and a wonderful pastor and wonderful ministry team and we were there and we prayed together and pastor uh, shared this in his devotional from Martin Luther King and I thought it was so good I had to look it up myself everybody can be great Martin Luther King Dr. King said because anybody can serve you don't have to have a college degree to serve you don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve you only need a heart full of grace isn't that good a soul generated by love. Isn't that a profound, a profound statement? His words, and, uh, and I think that's apropos for this morning. If we were to try to summarize all of Christianity by a couple of words, I would pick probably three of them. First of all, forgive. There's nothing quite like the Christian faith where the God of all the universe in the person of Jesus Christ, the son hangs on a tree and utters those words, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's in our DNA if we've chosen to follow Jesus. Okay, so just start right there. If you haven't learned how to forgive, it's bubbling up, it's boiling in your spiritual bloodline. And that's something we get to practice for sure. And along with forgive is give. And I would say next to give is serve. Those are the words I think probably best exemplify and define what the Christian walk is all about. Now, Jesus said further in verse 28 in Matthew 20, he said this, for even I didn't come to be served, but to serve, to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Serving others and giving my life summarizes the Christian faith and it models the Savior that we that we love, who is transforming our lives. Uh, so this morning, let's look at the reasons why the Bible says you should give your life in service to God and other people. Uh, first of all, I want you to know, uh, this is not something where I want you to, anybody to feel condemned because, well, because maybe you've not yet connected in an area of service. This is just a way for us to, to introduce to you all the opportunities. And as you pray, it's up to you to pray and say, Lord, I probably need to connect. I sense your Holy Spirit leading me in this direction. And, uh, and so that's what it is. This isn't where you walk and go, oh man, I feel I'm, I'm sitting on the bench and, 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 and God wants me to get off the bench. Well, let me tell you something. I was benched once, probably more than once. But I remember in high school, I moved the middle of my junior year and I didn't play baseball that spring. And then I, I played baseball all my life since I was like in third grade. So I knew how to play baseball. And now I'm in a small town, left a very large city where I always played, never sat on a bench. And my senior year, I went back out for baseball 
baseball, and I was benched. Very short season, baseball in Wisconsin. You know, you don't get on the fields until late April or May because it's still icy and snowy. And I'll never forget how frustrated I was sitting on the bench with guys that I was as good as, if not better, if I was given a chance, but they all grew up together. Their coach had followed them up from like the seventh grade. He was now the varsity coach, and I was just waiting to get in the game. And a couple times I got the nod to get in the game, and, and it was great, and it felt so good. And I think that's where a lot of us are in respect to our life in, in Christ and our journey in the Lord. It's like, we don't want to be sitting in the pew or on the bench. We just want to know, we just want to hear coach say, come on, the, get in the game. They call your number. I don't know what your number is. I don't know what my number is. Uh, uh, but you, you get that, that visual of just saying, hey, it's your shot. Get in there. Have some fun. And, uh, and it is a joy, and it's a lot of fun when we get to serve. As Brittany had said, it's, it's getting, uh, building relationships and friendships as well as strengthening, encouraging lives around us as we serve in community here. Okay, so... Um, I just want this. There's just some reasons why we should give our life to serving God and others. And I've got, I've got seven of them, and uh, they're going to go pretty quickly. Uh, and uh, the first one is, is this. I'm, I am designed. I am created. I am designed to serve. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 there. Uh, Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for all of us to do. Uh, workmanship, uh, the creation. We were designed, we were created in this spiritual uh, family that God's placed us in to do good works because God has prepared these. And I wonder about that sometimes. Does that mean that God and his foreknowledge and his plan, he created you and he wired you and as you were wired you to connect in a way that nobody else can connect. I kind of think that's what that's saying. That you're special, your DNA is unique, your spiritual DNA is unique, you're hardwired a certain way, and, and, and the Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus, has a place for you uh, to be connected, and he's prepared these things even in advance, potentially there. So uh, God made us for that purpose. Um, the Bible says you were put on earth to serve. That's pretty, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty obvious right there. Now, here's another point I want you to see, and that's this, that I've been saved to serve. Saved. I've been rescued. That's that word that we hear a lot in Christianity, and I think sometimes the popular culture makes fun of it. But it's, it's the best way. You could put a lot of other words in there. But we have, been, we have been rescued from brokenness, from hitting a wall after a wall. Wherever it was in our life where we surrendered to Jesus Christ, that's where his salvation entered our lives. In the Old Testament, we see he's the kinsman redeemer who comes in. And we saw that when we were studying the Old Testament and, and, and Boaz and Ruth and how Ruth was destitute with her mother-in-law. And Boaz came along and he cared for Ruth and married her so that she wouldn't lose the wealth of the family of her, her husband who had passed away. She was widowed and her mother law, uh, had lost her husband. And it's like this redeemer that came in and literally loved Ruth and married her and restored all of her, her value and her land and, and cared for her. And that's kind of the picture what Christ is in our lives. He's come in and he's rescued us from a place of brokenness, a place of, of, of absolute demise and destruction, because that's what the world does. That's what sin does in our lives. And so we've been saved to serve. Paul writes this to Timothy. Timothy was like a son in the faith. And he says, if God God who saved us and chose us for it is God who saved us and chose us for his holy work. 
So there's this calling. There's it's it's this you know holy work is what the Bible calls ministry, and it's another word, uh, uh, and that's just ministry is a word for service. Okay, so anytime you see in the Bible service, uh, you can you can slot ministry in there, and when you see the word servant, it's the same as the word for minister. They're just kind of interchangeable. Now you've heard about you've heard about the bodybuilder who's on TV, and this guy's really buff like Arnold Schwarzenegger used to be, you know, Mr. Universe. And, uh, and so he's flexing, and the crowd's going wild, and uh, he positions himself for this pose. And, uh, and, then, and, then, and then the reporter asks him, hey, what do you use those muscles for? And he strikes another pose, and the crowd goes, ah! And he goes, yeah, but question, what, what do you use them for? And he flexes and shows another pose and the crowd goes wild. And uh, he asks again, and at least one more time. Uh, and then he says, and the guy was bewildered because he just keeps pressing and says, but what do you use those muscles for? The fact was he had no use for the muscles except to strike a pose. He had mus muscles just for the sake of muscles. And, and that's, a, that's something to think about this morning. Why do we build spiritual Muscle. Why do we come to church? Why do we have personal worship time? Why do we pray? Why do we read scripture? Some of us memorize scripture. Why do we do that? That's what builds our inner man and gives us spiritual muscle. Why do we do these things? Why do we develop spiritual muscle? Just to say, I've got it. You know, look at me. No, that's striking a spiritual. How do, I don't know how you strike a spiritual pose. I'm not spiritual enough. But look at my Bible biceps. It just doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? We build up in order to be poured out. That's the heart of God. That's the DNA of the creator. For God so loved, we talked about last week, that he gave his son. Loved the world that he gave. And in his DNA is to, to be poured out and to be a servant. And so, uh, 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 we've been saved for, for service. Here's another point. Uh, my service is needed. My service is needed. Again, the Apostle Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. Debbie and I are going to be visiting that church in a couple of weeks, going to Israel, and then we're going to fly up to Athens, and we're going to take a day trip down to the, see the ruins of... Paul didn't ruin it. The, the ancient Corinth just ruined itself. But Paul was at Corinth, and there's a church that had started there. And all he says this, all of you together, as he's writing to the church, are, are the one body of Christ, and each of you is a separate and necessary part of it. I like that translation. I forgot which one it was in my notes. I didn't look that up. I, I'd lost that. Uh, but necessary. What happens in your life when one part of your body stops working. Well, sometimes that happens and you call the doctor pretty quick. But what, what if one day you got a phone call from your liver and your liver said, I don't feel like functioning today. Uh, you'd say, man, what kind of a liver are you? Straighten up, you know. Uh, your role is to liver and to deliver your liver. Now get back to work and you'd kind of get firm. You'd, that, that phone call would be short. You know, of course, our livers don't call. And if you do start feeling a problem, you call the doctor if you have a liver issue. But if you're a Christian, that means if, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, that means you're part of the body of Christ. And if you're not functioning, it makes us, it, well, it makes for an unhealthy body. That's a strong word, isn't it? Now, there's all kinds of ways we function, not just 
as a community on Sundays and Wednesdays and Tuesdays and Saturdays here. Because we know that the church isn't just a building. This is where people gather to be ministered to. But we take Christ and his kingdom outside the walls. So some of you may have marketplace ministry where God is using you and you're connecting with other places out in the job force. And I was up at the Capitol a couple of weeks ago with a gentleman that goes up and just prays with, uh, with you know, Congress people and these, these representatives and stuff. We were going around off, well, they're all in session, so we didn't get a chance to hang out and pray with too many. We did catch one guy who was in between sessions. And, uh, but, but there's people there that are praying daily for our state and for our country, and we have that in our national capital. So it's just not, the, the church isn't limited to four walls. In fact, the church isn't four walls. This is the building where the assembly of God the called out ones, we call it temples of the Holy Spirit, but the God's called out ones gather in this expression and all over the city and all over our state and the nation and the, the nations of the world. So um, here's the deal. As we are needed because we are part of the body. And, and if you are sensing the Holy Spirit directing you somewhere and you're withholding that, that means a part of the body is not functioning properly. It's not connecting properly. And that's a, that's a strong word, isn't it? Um, I thought this would be a really cool time to show you a video that's been made. Look, look to the screen right here because this is, uh, this I believe we have it is, is just an overlook at, at some of our ministry leaders and some of the beautiful ministry that we have happening here at Ridgeway week by week. Let's Hi, I'm Missy, and I'm on the leadership team for the Greeters Ministry. First impressions matter, and that's why the Greeters team at Ridgeway Church seeks to create a welcoming environment by being the first to say hello to each individual as they enter the building on a Sunday morning. We get to show them that they belong here and welcome them into our doors with open arms. In a very lonely world, we get to create an atmosphere for people to experience real connection to one another, and more importantly, to Christ. Hi, my name is Jonathan Dorband, and I oversee Ridgeway Kids. Ridgeway Kids is for children birth through fifth grade. It meets your children at pivotal times in their lives to help them learn about Christ and learn what it means to live with Christ-like examples in their day-to-day -day lives. I believe that serving with kids is a gift and that we have a chance to display Christ to children as they are growing up so that they may have examples to carry with them we are training the next generation who will train the next generation so that they may go out and share God's love to their families, to their friends, and to the watching world. Hi, my name is Alice and I get to help teach in the Awana program. Awana is a kids Bible program for children ages three through fifth grade. We play a lot of games, we listen to devotions, we understand and memorize scripture, and we do crafts. If you love working with children and helping them understand how much God loves them and how even they can have a relationship with Jesus, this volunteer opportunity is for you. My name is Bethany and I oversee our Ridgeway Youth Ministry. Ridgeway Youth is for middle and high school students and we meet every Wednesday night. One of the best parts about youth ministry is that we get to show students that Jesus is real and that he wants to be a part of their life in a personal way. We believe that our students have the power to impact this generation and each week we're able to equip them with practical tools to live their life with godly purpose and walk out their faith in the day to day. 
Hello, my name is Christine Neckfaddle and I have the privilege of heading up our monthly food pantry. We have an amazing opportunity to partner with Second Harvest to meet an immediate need in our community. Not only do we get to provide food for our families in need, but we get to know them and are invited to pray for their specific needs. Our food pantry happens on the second Friday of every month from 5.30 to 7.30, so come on out and join in on the fun of loving our neighbors. Hello, my name is Brittany Rockwell and I help lead Ridgeway's Celebrate Recovery ministry. Celebrate Recovery is for everyone. If you struggle with a hurt, habit, or hang up, we have a place for you. We meet every Tuesday night year round at 6 p.m. Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step recovery program for anyone struggling with hurt, pain, or addiction of any kind. It is a safe, non-judgmental place to find community and freedom from the issues that are controlling our lives. I love being a part of CR because you will not find a more genuine and authentic group of people. We are committed to being honest about our junk and loving and supporting one another as we take steps towards healing. Fun fact, we are also the only ministry that has a free five-star dinner every meeting. Hi, my name is Glenn and I am part of the Ridgeway security team. Under God's guidance and with prayerful direction, our mission is to serve by ensuring the protection and safety of the people and property of Ridgeway Church. If you are looking to serve or are an observant person with a calm demeanor, can make good decisions, and you like to come early for coffee and donuts, this volunteer opportunity may be for you. My name is Tim Rockwell and I help lead Ridgeway's worship ministry. Our worship ministry has the privilege of leading our church in corporate worship through music, sound, and visual each and every week. Worship is anything that gives God glory. It's actually what we were put on this earth to do. To give something glory means to bring it attention and renown. Unfortunately, all throughout the week, we are giving our attention and focus, effectively our worship, to many other things. Money, family, career, stress, reputation, and so much more. But what I love about corporate worship on Sunday mornings is that it guarantees for at least 20 minutes that we put our attention on God instead of ourselves. My hope is that our short time of corporate worship each week sets the tone for a life of worship that brings God glory in everything that we do. Outstanding. Thank you, uh, team leaders. Uh, that was a great job. And uh, uh, there's, there's a place for all of us. And it's growing. I noticed there's no men's ministry up there. There will be. I mean, we just can't keep good men down. We, I mean, we do things as men, but um, it won't be long, I think, until we have uh, those who are heading up and, and leading again and resurrecting a, a, a joyful and a strategic men's, men's ministry. We still hang out a lot together, but uh, to have some purpose, uh, we we're looking for that. And that may be something the Lord's calling some of you too, some of you men. Like, you know what? That's uh, One of the young men this morning said, What's happening with our men's ministry? He says, I just have a burden for that. So you'll hear more about that later. But it's so cool. Uh, my service is needed. Here's another thing we can see as we just motor along here and, and move towards conclusion. I've been gifted to serve. 
Peter wrote kind of a circular letter to the church, two of them, first and second Peter. And this in, in chapter four, he says, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to serve others. That's the way, that's the way the early church was thinking. That's the way the first Christians were thinking. We're not even, you know, uh, 20, 30 years after Christ's death and resurrection, and one of the main leaders, his disciple, an apostle now, Peter, is saying to the church as this letter's getting out, hey, you know what? You've been given these abilities. You've been gifted for service. Don't just sit on that gift, but pour that out to others. Uh, yeah, so uh, use them to serve others. That's called ministry. That's called service. We're not just called in this world to make a lot of money or, 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 or create a bigger egg in our, in our nest or uh, build our own kingdom for sure. God uses us in all kinds of ways, but in the kingdom we see that we've been created for the purpose of being poured out and being used. Here's another point. I'm commanded. I'm commanded to serve. Oh boy, are you serious? Yeah, Jesus, look at the forcefulness of this phrase when he says, your attitude must be like my own, for I did not come to be served, but to serve. I mean, I don't think, I don't think Jesus is, you know, beating around the bush. He's saying, this is what, this is what's going to drive my supernatural kingdom, the supernatural kingdom of God. It's going to be the yieldedness of my followers to their call to serve others. Um, uh, it, it's not optional. I'm just looking here. Uh, it's it, Non-ministering as a Christian is a contradiction. I have some other points under that point. Our human nature is more inclined to be served than to serve. That's for sure. Uh, but Christ changes that in our lives. And he changes us and gives us a visual and, and eyes to see those around us. And we begin to say, who needs, who's, whose needs can I meet? Um, someone once said, a mature Christian is interested in service. Uh, and when we're growing and not quite arriving in our faith, it's all about serve us, you know, and there's just a little play on words there, but we're called to be poured out into, into Christian service. Uh, here's another thing as we just uh, work our way towards this. It confirms my connection to Christ, all right? Now, in Romans, Paul writes, you are part of the body of Christ and you belong. We're connected to him in order that we might be useful in the service of God. So there's this confirmation uh, in, in, in our actual connectedness, our belonging to Christ uh, as we serve. Paul's saying, our service to God, it's useful in this area. And this is, this is again, a part of his plan. Uh, you know, in fact, in the New Testament, when, when people would come into faith, this is what you can find in some of the ancient writings, that there would be a welcome in Jesus' name. Uh, and, they, and, and, and the early believers would say to those who are just following Christ, Jesus has a new pair of eyes to see with. Jesus now has a new pair of ears to listen to the hurts of others. Jesus now has a new pair of hands to help others. Jesus now has a new heart to love others. And uh, that's, that, uh, that welcome is still true today as, as we welcome others into the family of God. But it's not just to be a, a bystander, but it's to be eyes and, and ears and hands and feet. Uh, ministry, it's ministry, not attendance, that, uh, is, that, that shows the work of Christ in our lives. Now, I'm Thank God for attendance, and you're all here. Again, this isn't condemnation, but something happens in our lives in Christ that we, 
you know, you just take in so much. They say, I've got to exercise what the Holy Spirit's doing in my life. And, and so I want to be poured out in, in, in a variety of ways. And, uh, and that's, that's the byproduct of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and finally, uh, I serve God when I'm serving others. All right? I serve God when I'm serving others. Uh, Paul, again, we see a lot of Paul's. This is early church thought. And, and Paul is writing to the church at Colossae. And he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for me. Uh, it's the Lord you're serving. I like that. The verse, verse 24 at the end of it just says, it's the Lord Christ you are serving. Uh, I'll never forget uh, when I was a young man, I was on a, on, a, on staff at a at a college. It was a, it was a it was a Bible college in in South Dallas, and there was a young man there who was just so gifted. He is a little bit older than me, and and we we we, we arrived on staff about the same time. Uh, he had a master's in theology, and he's just a gifted teacher and a gifted communicator. And to this day, he's pastoring a church in Long Island and doing a great job. And good friend of ours, and he. Uh, but I'll never forget, he had just spoken publicly at one of these conferences that the school had. There's hundreds of people there, 500, 800, and he just hit the ball out of the park. I mean, he had a great message. People were encouraged. They were just, they left just so, so strengthened by his, his gift of communicating Christ and Christ's word. And so uh, that, that next week, we had a meeting that we called administrative committee, committee meeting. It was an adcom meeting. And, and, and the, the founder of the school, the wife of the founder was now leading the school. And um, as he was walking down the hall, it was a long hall to where about 25 of us would meet once a week. He overheard the director of the school say to the wife of the founder, boy, didn't, didn't Gary do a phenomenal job? I mean, because he really did at this speaking at this conference the, a few days earlier. And, and, and her reply was, oh, yes, he did. But let's not say anything. We don't want to give him a big head. And, and Gary was sharing this with me sometime later. He said, he was so excited walking down the hall. He's excited about affirmation and he's going to hear something where, because everybody, woman, it was an amazing lady and everybody wanted to get a high five from her. I mean, we're talking uh, Wonder Woman uh, in, in the spiritual realm. Uh, one year she was, she was, she was elected, nominated woman, Christian woman of the year by one of the ma Christian magazines. She's just a, an amazing. But he was looking for that affirmation and and he didn't get it. In fact, his heart was hurt by what he heard. And he kind of slowed up and goes, man, I don't want to go in now. I'm, I'm ahead of size. He waited for some of the other faculty and staff to pass him because he wasn't supposed to hear that. But you know what? He went home and is kind of broken. And, and it's like the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart. And he said, you know what? Actually, I think it was in a dream. He saw a picture of this, the wife of this founder in a rocking chair on a porch and it's like the Lord said, it was never about man. It was never about the applause of man. It's always been about being connected to me and about the smile that I'm, I'm smiling over you and your faithfulness and your love for me and my church, my, my kingdom. And I think that's something that we, we can take with us today. I, I serve the Lord when I serve others. And it doesn't matter 
if the person I'm serving ever gives me a fist knuckle bump and blows it up or high five or on the side or down low. It doesn't matter what they, how much applause I get. And it's good to encourage one another. The scripture is very clear that we're to encourage one another. But if you never get it from a man, know that there's an applause in heaven happening every time you show up to serve in the children's ministry, the youth ministry, uh, the, 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 the celebrate recovery ministry. The worship team was here, I think some at 7.30 this morning. Nobody was applauding uh, 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 Josh as he was warming up at 7.30. I walked in here and he was trying to, he was trying to probably figure out the parts he was going to play on his guitar. There is nobody in the, in the, up in the balcony going, yeah, you rock, Josh. But heaven was applauding every effort that happened here as, a, as we gather publicly and every effort that you give as you walk out of here today and you're poured out into your neighborhood as you love your neighbor, as you care for that person who sits next to you at the office, as you're patient with your boss, as you love your professor or your teacher, heaven is applauding and that's all that matters, church. That's it, that's it. Take that home, put that in your back pocket, write it on your knuckles, Put it on your head. It doesn't matter. Some of us walk around, oh, Pastor Brian didn't give me a knuckle bump. Big deal. I'm not that important. Whoever's leading these men, they're, they're important in relationship, but we're humans and we forget or sometimes we're just messed up and we, we should be encouraging one another. We don't, but heaven is applauding everything you do in your act of service in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the truth, whether you... That's the truth. I serve God when I serve others. Uh, Hannah, come on up here. We'll, we'll wrap up here. Jesus said, whatever you do for those, you're doing it for me. He said, even a cup of cold water in my name is like, like it being done unto me. So when we love others, it's like we're loving on Jesus. Isn't that something? That's what Jesus said. If you give somebody a cup of cold water, let that, let that resonate to any point. Just not, not a literal cold water. It could be anything. Maybe you're giving somebody a, a step up and a, a source of encouragement. Maybe, uh, maybe you're going across the street and, 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 and shoveling out somebody's driveway or whatever it is. When you do it, it's like you're shoveling out Jesus' driveway. And I don't even know if it snows up there in heaven. In fact, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Although I, maybe it does, because I think Wisconsin's pretty close to heaven. So when you do that, you're doing it unto Jesus. When you love, you're loving Jesus. That is, boy, oh boy, that's a bombshell in our hearts today. That's why serving is so beautiful because we're just loving on Jesus when we love on others. I'm serving God when I do that. So we call today Serve Sunday. And I wanna thank all those who serve so faithfully. We have so many folks that serve here. And this message, believe it or not, is one that, uh, that I spoke, and I think it's maybe the last time I spoke this message, 19 years ago in September of 2001. And in fact, uh, what's interesting about this is it was on 9-10 that I concluded my message, this message. I've tailored it back a little bit to fit our schedule. But uh, I, I talked about uh, the week and that was Sunday and on Monday we had a meeting with the plan commission at that time we were just this building right here and we we're hoping to build 24,000 square feet connected to the building where many of us are going to go here in a minute to see the, the presentation of the different ministries and and so we hadn't and we had to get 
through the plan commission, we had to get their thumbs up. And so I ended the message, this message, with the invitation, if you want to show up tomorrow night at the plan commission, that Monday of the month it was scheduled and we just had a great, a great time. And, and then I also announced that that Saturday, which would be next Saturday, if this was September of 2001, that we are having a team simulcast from John Maxwell. Together, everyone accomplishes more. And we actually did a simulcast with hundreds and thousands of uh, folks all over the country, and we brought it in through a satellite dish that's still up in one of these office uh, ceilings. And, and then, get this, the next day, we were going to have our service on that Sunday, that following Sunday, and, and then we were going to do a groundbreaking ceremony. Because even though we hadn't been okayed by the city, we just kind of felt like everything was just going, and we had all, everything was pointing to the fact that we were going to get the okay from the plan commission to add this huge uh, addition by our standards. But what, what happened that week was really crazy because we had 9 9, 9 10, and then we had 9 11, 2001, Tuesday morning. I was sitting with a friend. We we're basking in the glow of 70 neighbors and church members show up. I think 100 names on the petition of our neighborhood saying, We want Bethesda Church at that time to stay and to build and all this. And so, what we just, and all of a sudden, I got a phone call from somebody. I said, Did you see what just happened? There's planes flying into buildings in New York City. And, and of course, uh, we all know the history who lived through that day. It was, a, it was just a, a frightening time. And we're getting ready to launch a, a building program at that time and, and, and break ground the next week. And I had Pastor Norm, who he and I were kind of working together. And I, I was given the baton, so to speak. And so he was kind of assisting me. And he, he came into our meeting with the trustees and says, we need to put the brakes on this building program because already we were seeing the effect. You know, the stock market went, you know, travel stopped. We were crippled economically as a nation by that type of thing. And here we're talking about raising money over a million and a half dollars or whatever and, and, and doing this and, and the consensus of the team in that circle, I'll never forget, no, no, we, it, now's the time for us to do it. And the Lord led us through it. And we're down to barely 100,000 on a million dollar loan. And, and just, it was the goodness. But I was thinking about that because I'm bringing all this in. I, I Sometimes I just wander with all this history in my brain, right? Because it's, it's kingdom history, right? So uh, I was thinking about that because we had that brown break, great breaking ceremony, you know, and probably about half the congregation, maybe a little bit more showed up. And so this is the picture. And I showed this a couple months ago and I got to do it again. I just got to, it's going to tie into this closing here, but uh, there we all are. And some of you can recognize yourself there and we're starting to break ground and pray over this. The next week they're coming in to start digging the hole of what we have now as a family life center. And I think it's cool because uh, I, I always love showing this. This is the youngest groundbreaker, okay? Now this is Connor, and Connor has been on staff with us for the last several years, and he's transitioning right now full-time with a, with, a, with a company here in town. He's so gifted. In fact, the video you saw, he does all those videos. He does all that stuff. Um, the bulletins you see today, he does a brilliant job with that. He's just, he's just so gifted. And we're trying to figure out who's gonna come along and serve when we've got this gap of Connor not being here for hours during the week, at least part-time as he's been. Uh, but I think this is so cool because here's what I just figured out. Connor heard my message, which is the same message I just preached. 19 years ago in September, he went home because we were just talking about everybody concerned. So he went home, pulled out his shovel and his hard hat, and he showed up next week and helped us dig the hole. 
And he's been digging holes around here ever since. So I just, not really. There's probably a little parental oversight in that, but I thought that would be, we can pretend that's what he thought. He probably wasn't even in the service. He is down having fun at the children. But Connor, I just want to give a shout out to you wherever you're at. He's probably gone downstairs or something. He gets, yeah, amen. He's, he doesn't like when we do this. Uh, but uh, if you see him, just give him a pat on the shoulder and say, thanks, thanks, Connor, for the wonderful service. And he's not going to quit serving. We, uh, he's just not getting paid for it anymore. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, <laughs> that's funny. But um, so thank you for all those who faithfully serve. And I wanted you to see that. And, and for those who haven't had the opportunity to connect uh, yet, we hope that this morning was helped was helpful for you, okay? And here's, let's just stand together. I want to close in prayer, but please take a few minutes. Even if you're connected this morning, please take a few minutes as you leave to go down. We call it the front lobby. That's probably the front lobby out there. I always say the fireside lobby. That's the largest lobby we have that goes towards the... uh, towards the, the gymnasium and such. But down there, there's tables set up of all these wonderful ministries and the leaders are there. And if you haven't connected, you feel like the Holy Spirit was just kind of whispering in your ear, just go down there, kind of kick stuff around and take some information, ask some questions. In fact, I heard that the Greeters Ministry is giving away free street tacos to whoever signs up. Now, I know that's going to mean that like the Greeters Ministry is going to go, wham, there's going to be hundreds on the Greeters Ministry next week. But man, what a valid, valuable, place to stand as Missy introduced it this morning Uh, and you know what there seems to never be enough and you don't have to do it every week so go down get a taco and sign up for a couple months you'll love it it'll change your life the taco and the ministry opportunity all you gotta do is just smile you can be there with your your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband or your wife or you can just be there alone and uh, and you can you know send uh, uh, you can send your friends some other direction but it's a great way to minister there and there's so many other ministries so take a few minutes before you leave to visit the lobby uh, and and support those who who uh, who put together a little display and um, and uh, and we trust that the Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us today let's pray thank you Lord for today thank you for serve Sunday thank you for this colorful, beautiful mess that's all around me right here, Lord. It's it's the picture of creativity. It's the picture of truth that we're serving to transform lives. We're serving to, to, to mentor and to, to lead young lives. We're serving to, to speak rescue and hope to those who are hurt and have hang-ups and habits. Lord, we are, we are, we, it, and it, all of this is, is, is creative mess and it's ordained of you, God. Uh, and Lord, we just pray that you would increase our numbers, Lord, that that you would direct all of us to the place where we can be used and poured out and, and a beautiful gift of service. For your sake, Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, check out our website at www.ridgeway.church.